0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Change on Purpose podcast. I'm your host Seamus, and as ever, if you're new to my podcast, you're very, very welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. I genuinely do appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you haven't done this already, make sure you give me an out follow and share with your friends. And maybe consider leaving me that review that I keep mentioning every week, so I can reach more people that might just might appreciate the, the content. Apparently leaving a review helps with that, so... Yeah. Anyway, today, have you ever heard of transformational breathworks, um, breathwork journeys? And does that name leave you scratching your head, maybe doubting that they're any good or if they work or are they just another fad? Well, today I want to give you the bottom line, bottom the bottom line on them. Like, what are they? How do they work, more importantly? And maybe point you in the direction of trying one for yourself. So if this is what you're into, grab a coffee, stick the earbuds in, and give us a now listen. 30 years ago, very few people, or at least here in the West anyway, were even aware of breathwork. And now look at it, it's gone mainstream. You've got people like Dr. Andrew Huberman in the US, or our very own Irishman, Patrick McKeown, who's authored books like The Oxygen Advantage and that. He's a breath and a sleep expert, and is, at this stage he's a worldwide expert in the field, so do check him out. A friend of mine recently said to me that he reckons in 10 years' time, breath work will be as mainstream as yoga is today. And when we think back 10 or 20 years ago, where was yoga then? Do you know like how mainstream can this breath work go? And the timing of it is, is perfect for us as people, because when you consider what we as a global population have been through in the last, you know, three, three and a half years. It's, it's probably been one of the strangest and absolutely one of the most challenging times to be, to be alive. But we're over it now, right? Over all the uncertainty about what the future holds. Well, as far as masks and mandates and all that lark goes, yeah, we are. But what's the fallout? Like I read an article last year, I think it came from the BBC. Can't really remember now, but it was, um, it was about kids who were born in 2020 and about how they were socialised, and the first couple of the years of their lives, like, you know, they weren't properly socialised, they weren't out, you know, in creches or playing with kids, and even meeting strangers on the streets when they are being pushed along in their strollers, so, you know, they were meeting people with masks on, like how we socialize, I suppose, the, the article was saying about eye contact and smiles, and, you know, like facial expressions and all, like they missed out on all that, and the, the, the question, I suppose, the article was posing was what's the fallout going to be in in years to come and we just don't know i suppose all we can do is be aware that there is a possible impact you know and we we already know there's a health fallout from it like we delays in diagnosing physical illnesses like cancer and that um but what about from the mental side now i'm sure (laughs) There's much more qualified individuals looking into that subject than me, so all I can do is kind of hypothesize and 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 remain open to correction because, like, I'm not I'm not an expert and I'm just posing the question. But what the last few years did do was was open, um, you know, it it, it created the possibility for us to be open to explore different modalities for health health and wellness, and because we 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 had we spending much more time at home we needed to be able to practice them at home and that's where the internet was great wasn't it like we could get courses we could you know read up on things we could join groups and so god bless all the techies out there that are facilitating that for the people anyway i think all of what's going on was a major factor and that drove so many people to step up find new ways to overcome stress and anxiety and overwhelm and all the rest of it like with the world shifting so fast and fair play to everyone that done that because it it bloody well influenced me to explore Brett work as a modality because I, I was dealing with the pan- pandemic myself, like every one of you um, probably working remote, isolated from time to time, then out of isolation and back in isolation, you know, madness. And I was also then trying to coach people and this was often remote as well. And that was hard. Like, cause you, when you're not face to face with people, it's a different type of communication, isn't it? Like the stress and the anxiety in people, you know could tend to just get in the way because like coaching isn't mentoring it's not psychotherapy and i'm not a bloody doctor i'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist not my job you know or within my abilities to diagnose or anything like it's not that's not what it's about Like coaching's about self self-actualization like it's getting people to to the point where they they can make the change for themselves make a plan and crack on take action on it and um, I felt I needed to kind of explore different modalities that might help people with issues like stress, anxiety, fear and that to get them into an empowered state and then make a plan and crack on like um, modalities that could be practiced by the self, for the self, like that they, you know, done the work themselves. So that's where breathwork came into it. A friend of mine was getting into uh, Wim Hof, cold exposure and all that jazz. And that was never really my thing. I have a 16 year old son, Oshin, and he can't walk past a river, even if we're going through a walk through a forest and there's a river. Like he's there wondering, I wonder what that'd be like to get into it. <laughs> and he would like he'd love all that, you know, cold exposure and ice baths and all. It wasn't really for me back then. And I know there's people that, you know, they can't take a an ice bath or into the. Some people have wheelie bins, you know, and they're throwing bags of ice in and you have to take pictures and put on social media and That's not, that's not me, um. But my mate that was getting into it was telling me about the amazing benefits and, you know, of all and all the rest of it. So I read up on and I watched and watched a lot of YouTube videos consuming information. On, and, you know, when you're researching anything like you're that you're thinking of getting into, you go down these rabbit holes. So I w- went down a major rabbit hole about breath work, cold exposure and all the rest of it. I stumbled across transformational breath work, Now, hands up, being kind of a cynical individual, <laughs> I didn't buy into it. I was like, what is that? but I it, it kept getting thrown in my face. I was like, right, I need to bloody well try this. So I did. And lads, I can't even explain what it what I felt. I mean, I, like I had a good childhood, right? I come from an amazing family. I didn't have trauma. I had no single episode of PTSD that lo- loomed over me. And like, like, you know, no, not shaming anybody. I just didn't have any of that. But what I could say was I felt better after it, energized and all the rest of it. So I tried it again. And it kind of, started making a practice like of consciously kind of doing some form of breath work every day. And then eventually I said, I'd bite the bullet and do the training. But I suppose there after mentioning PTSD and that, before we get into it, just, just to address it, like I'm not an expert in the field. Absolutely not. Uh, but my take on it, there's so many different views and opinions on the subject that it's you know, it can be very difficult to get agreement on what it is. And the truth is that at best, it's a very subjective topic you know and it differs per individual um I mean a guy or girl to the left or right of you you know an event could absolutely traumatize them and you could be looking at them saying what's wrong with them like you know like so it's it is you know it's personal to the individual so that I would just um like keep an open mind on it like during my training on this like we talked about it on and then I read up on it about generational trauma and there's a study conducted years ago in a laboratory known as the cherry blossom study. And if you don't know what that is, I mean, basically what it is is scientists conducted a study on three-day-old mice. They had like a little um, little pad beside cherry blossom tree, and when the mice would go go over beside the cherry blossom tree, they'd give them a little electric shock. And they'd done this, you know, repeatedly over a few days. And obviously, when the mouse got electric shock, it 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 started to exhibit kind of. Uh, f- Fear, fear responses, like physical, like to go into shock. They were being traumatized. So these these mice then were, the, these mice mated and the offspring of the mice who had never been um, subjected to this electrical shock uh, treatment, when they were exposed to the cherry blossom tree, they got the scent of the cherry blossom tree and they immediately started to exhibit these physical responses, these fear, fear, f- fear responses. And... They were able to trace this down through, I think it was 14 generations of mice that like 13 generations had never been subjected to it, but the the mice um, carried it on. Like, like there's loads of articles out there. Just Google it. The cherry blossom study. Um they think it's like epigenetic passed on through DNA or something like that. Like I said, I'm not an expert. Just read the article. But anyway, the findings were that trauma can be passed on through generations to descendants you know, whether it's mice, people or whatever, who have never experienced the initial event. Now, when you think about that and you think about all the wars and atrocities and all the rest of it over the last few hundred years, like in Ireland, we have the troubles in Northern Ireland. Um, here, what about the Great Irish Famine? I mean, if you're Irish and listening to this, then you're a d- direct descendant of survivors of that event. Like people who weren't lucky enough to escape on boats to America, to Australia, Canada, even to England. But what was passed on? What what might be still living in, in our DNA? Like I, I only mentioned this so that if I or anyone mentions trauma, generational trauma, that they don't just roll your eyes and dismiss it, but just try to keep an open mind. Um, and yeah, that's it. So look here, back to the breath work. What is breath work? Breath a term that can encompass many, many, many different breath work practices. But in layman's terms, it's the conscious awareness of controlling your breathing because breathing influences people's mental or emotional and physical state and it can have proven therapeutic effects so it's that that's why that's what it is and why we do it so what's a breathwork journey then well the primary objective of a breathwork facilitator is to to curate an experience to guide an experience for you for others that might lead to healing to growth to transformation um on rob this from the internet <laughs> Brett work journeys are an efficient powerful paradigm shifting journey into your nervous system that clears trauma limiting beliefs shifts anxieties depression negative thoughts and deeply restores your body to optimal health at a cellular level um so like that's 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 what it is and what what a journey can do um like, you've got the tr- trauma release, right? The somatic healing, subconscious reprogramming. And how does it, how does a breathwork uh, journey or breathing achieve it? Well, look here, I was always, well, I didn't do it for years, but then when I tried to get into meditating or that, or just just sitting in peace and quiet, look, like I was terrible at it. I couldn't in my mind. And breathwork journeys, um, they're not, they aren't meditation, but, Breathwork journeys are like meditation, but they just get you there much quicker. The breathing technique that I use is called circular breathing. It's conscious connected breathing. There are no pauses on the inhale or the exhale. What it is, is there's it's an active two-part inhale. So you're consciously breathing first breath into the belly, second breath into the chest, and then the exhale is passive in that it just falls away. It's not active. You just let whatever comes out, comes out, and then you get back into the breathing. There's no pauses. Now, when you go to do this, the this journey, the the inner critic, the the self talk, the monkey mind, it, like it it tells you to stop. <laughs> this is stupid. Get up off the floor. And what we have to do is kind of quieten that down. Now the technique itself is simple, but in practice it's difficult because you're you're kind of stressing the body a bit. But yeah, let just just go back because I was thinking about the talking about the the inner talk and that. If we just take a step back for a moment, like it's not our external reality that causes you know you know so much trouble in 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 our life. It's the thoughts, opinions, beliefs that we hold around what's happening um, in our world that, that that's what causes you know the suffering. And all of this is products, whether we like it or not, of the subconscious mind. Ninety five percent, they reckon. um, of what drives our thoughts, emotional behaviors, our subconscious. Like we spend so much time working on the conscious mind. We read books, um, we take courses, you know, we do all these things, which in themselves are great, but we we can fail to address the root cause. Like in my life, I, I you know, I had promotions and, you know, I changed career, you know, got more promotions, done a master's degree. None of that solved the problem. So I done another degree after I'd left that, that job guess what that didn't solve it like you can be book smart but not you smart and loads of us can do it Um, talking about the subconscious mind like did you ever read a book and one one week later you can barely remember what you read let alone like if you're asked to put it into action like when you really need the information then like you know like when you're just doing something like when you really need it it just comes back to you doesn't it like what about a song like listening to music. Like maybe five years ago, a song was top of the chart. It was played, you know, 40 times a day. You know, you were singing it every day or playing it in the car, driving every day. And now if I asked you to, you know, repeat it back, you wouldn't have a clue. But it comes on the radio and straight away you're back in that moment and you're, you know, rattling off the words to it. Like anyone has teenage kids <laughs> that are driving in the car with them and the song comes off in the 90s or that, you know what I'm talking about. and um, That's the subconscious mind working. So everything is stored. Like if you look on that as a database, everything, everything you ever they reckon it's all in there. Everything you've ever been through or read or consumed. Um. So the subconscious mind, like I said, is it's not consuming. Uh, it it can it's it's not just the consuming content that learns it. It's the repetition, new habits, new routines. Um. That that's how, that's how you program that, or so that's how we program it. That's how you don't have to consciously think out to tie your laces in the morning it's just repetition over time 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 or it can be reprogrammed through using modalities like hypnosis uh plant medicines if you're into that or this crazy thing called breath work so that's why we mentioned the subconscious so you're lying there you're doing the journey and uh, the inner critic is kind of talking the monkey mind all the rest of that like it's um yeah yeah so you're you're going through the journey what happens is we're talking about the subconscious. We're talking about the conscious mind, the monkey mind telling you to get up off the floor. It's stupid and all the rest of it. It's... After about 15 minutes of the breathwork journey, you know, magic starts to happen. We enter a, a state that's known as theta brain state. Now, we're, I think we're in alpha walking around day to day. The theta brain state is where like small kids up to about seven years of age are in this theta brain state. When we wake up in the morning and just before we go to sleep at night, we're in theta brain state. And when you're in theta brain state, you become more imaginative, more receptive to new ideas. Um, you can overwrite, you know, beliefs. You're basically you can program your subconscious. So when we're breathing, when we're doing this transformational journey, we're manipulating gas exchange in the body. Okay. We're, yeah. So the gas we're breathing, we breathe in oxygen, and we're when we're breathing out, then we're we're massively dumping carbon dioxide. Now both of which are are required in the body obviously but for this for this uh journey you know we're we're oxygenating ourselves dumping off co2 by reducing co2 it results in a vasoconstriction that's that's the narrowing of the blood vessel so they kind of you imagine your blood vessel squeezing up and what that does is that leads to um a process in the brain known as transient hyperfrontality now transient means temporary it's not um a permanent thing what it doing by what it's doing is, um, for a while, the focused part of the brain, the thinking part of the brain, the, the prefrontal cortex is kind of shut off. Now, the prefrontal cortex is where this monkey mind, where you know your inner talk and all comes from, there it lives there. So when you're going through this vasoconstriction, when the blood supply, blood vessels are being, um, you know, restricted, it's reducing the blood supply to the prefrontal cortex, and basically gives that a rest for a while. But what happens then when that gets switched off that's when the reprogramming the belief clearing all the good stuff we want to achieve so it's cool isn't it so but it takes about 10 fi- say 15 it takes about 15 minutes to get into that state Um yeah so when you're doing it then what does a transformational journey look like like if if, if they're asked to display to, to describe it Um if you just imagine a stool um, an old milk and parlour stool. Three legs on the stool. So there's three legs to the breath work transformation. You've got the breath that we just talked about. You know, we're consciously, conscious connected breathing. Two parts in, one part out. Um, we've got music. And um, you've got a bit of active coaching by the coach. So the music is important for these. Because like the journey itself, the music starts off slow. Right, because it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We're not just going straight, and you're not going to gas yourself out. And you know, you're going to be breathing for about you know an hour. So imagine your mind's eye. Imagine a bell curve. You know, like it starts off, uh, you know, not too gentle, but it starts off at a low enough tempo, and then the music will rise in tempo to a peak. The peak of the bell curve. Now, there's typically one or two breath holds in the middle of the journey, accompanied by a shout or a scream or whatever. You know, a release. And then it comes down off that, then tapers back down the other side of the bell curve and it kind of ends peacefully where you kind of integrate what you've been through, what you've learned, you know, all the rest. Because you need to kind of, you can't get back up in that kind of state, like, you know, and go about your day. You need to kind of integrate what you've been through back into yourself. And, you know, the active. um I said the third part then was coaching. And the act of coaching is, you know, whatever the session is designed around, that will differ per session. It'll differ um per client even to suit you know client's needs or teams or whatever so that's the three parts of it you've got the breathing you've got the music and you've got the coaching and um, when you're doing it what what will you experience so again like the three legs of the stool of what's involved in it there are three main areas to it as well so you'll have physical experiences emotional experiences and then mental experiences on the physical side i i I touched on the gas exchanges the oxygen and the CO2 and all like that's a lot of a, a lot of uh, activity within the body and you will feel that physically as tingling you might feel tingling sensations in the forehead and the face and the hands the extremities um you might feel a bit dizzy lightheaded you know which is cool like you're gonna be lying on the ground or whatever like or seated comfortably you're not going to pass out you're not going to fall or whatever but if you do if you're lying down it You can't fall much further to the floor, can you? Um, Physically, when you're doing it, um, because, again, of this gas exchange and CO2 being dumped and all the rest of it and becoming oxygenated, most people experience this phenomenon called tetany. And tetany is, if you just kind of make a lobster claw with your hands there while you're listening to this, your hands, like, cramp up. (laughs) (laughs) Full disclosure, it is weird the first time you do it you get these lobster claws or like crab claws or lobster claws. And you'd be thinking to yourself, shit, am I want to stay like this. Like, what is wrong with me? My face feels weird, my hands feel weird. We are not within, within about five minutes of, you know, when you come down off that, that breathing, you, your hands go back to normal. Like, yeah, yeah, you won't be disabled. Um, so that's the physical, the emotional side. So look here, emotions can come up for, you know, some of the biggest guys that I've done it with, um, you know, to the, to the, daintiest or hardiest women as well like emotions they can come up like you you kind of want them to come up don't you um and when they come up what you say is they kind don't push them back down just you know just notice them just you know and um, there's a book called the body keeps the score and you know like it says every emotion unexpressed becomes kind of locked into your body as pain somewhere like your body stores it all so it's just the physical the emotional oh and the mental side then remember we mentioned about the monkey mind not shutting off and you've got like you know the inner chatter and like that's a mental game that's telling you to stop to get up you know all the rest of it and until the transient hyperfrontality kicks in um you, you kind of it's a mental kind of battle to kind of keep breathing whatever but most people are focused and they just they're there because they want to try this out and they want to achieve whatever it's not it's not that hard a battle, like to stay there and breathe um i suppose mentally as well what we always say is that um it's kind of physical and mentally. Sometimes when you're lying down, you can just, you can all of a sudden kind of, kind of come back to your mind or whatever. It's like, oh, shit, I'm, I haven't breathed in ages. I better breathe again. That's fine. Just breathe again. Like, you know, you're not going to, to die. Like, um, I've done a couple of journeys for people where I was kind of wondering, myself, are they still breathing? And I said it to, you know, the people on the courses, like, this is weird. <laughs> the first time, like, <laughs> like, what was that about? were they asleep or they whatever and more or less what you're told is what what that person needed probably is that deep state of relaxation like you know like the busy world people are in you know busy appointments in their, in their careers and that and they just don't take time take even an hour out of their day just to you know do something nice for themselves so yeah so just breathe again if you kind of forget to breathe um i suppose like here before we go i suppose like talk about like who can do it like can anyone do it yes and no there there aren't any you know age restrictions to you know to using this modality but there is medical contra- contraindications um to doing it um for example people with cardiovascular diseases um heart attack angina stuff like that um people with high blood pressure or on prescription blood thinner stuff like that um brain conditions like history of aneurysm maybe they've had aneurysms or that or strokes you know there's seizures epilepsy um if they've recently had surgery or you know maybe any problems with the eye glycoma detached retina and stuff because you could have breath holes in it like you you know, might form too much pressure um pregnancy pregnant women shouldn't really be doing it. like you do need to kind of tell your facilitator yeah i'm pregnant or whatever because the breathing like this can in- can induce labor and nobody wants that, do they? um yeah people on long-term prescription medication or diagnosed with you know certain uh, psychiatric conditions or that i would say get doctors get your 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 health uh, practitioners um advice you know um don't don't turn up to uh, to to do it you know without being clear to do it so yes yeah, so that's look a brief I wanted to keep it brief enough. Like, you could sit here and talk about this for an hour or two, but, like, you'd lose people's interest, like, and it's probably not, um you know, the the, the right thing to do. So just give a brief overview. Like, if you want more information, just head over to the website, CelticBreathWork.com. Yeah. Um, you know, reach out to me. We can we can set something up. There's other practitioners around that are doing similar journeys as well. Like, it's not a, a party of one here. One that I can highly recommend is a lady called Dara. Down She's down in Cork tipperary direction she's running um fantastic her she's her business is going strength to strength she's she works under the, the name um makushla healing um definitely worth checking dara out so look like i said it's been a brief introduction to transformational breathwork journeys i hope you did get something from it Um, if i could ask you just let me know in the feedback box what you thought of it because i do appreciate feedback good bad indifferent it all helps And just remember, look, I'm still new to the whole podcast and Lark and solo ones are tricky as hell because you don't have another person with you bouncing ideas and feedback. You're just rattling on and hoping that it it resonates. But yeah, like, let me know um, in in the feedback. But as ever, if you did find the content in any way useful or if you know someone else that would be sure to share it with them. Don't be shy. Don't be selfish. Um, It might provide a bit of insight or motivation for them to change their lives on purpose. So that's it from me. I'll catch you all next week. Have an amazing week and um enjoy your weekend too and stay safe.